0: As state and local elected officials across New York grapple with how to respond to an influx of migrants over the last year and a half, the vast majority of which are being housed, at least temporarily, in the Big Apple, state legislators on both sides of the aisle have introduced legislation intended to direct or limit the response to this crisis, and some have called for a special legislative session in Albany to act on these measures before the scheduled return of lawmakers in January. One proposal unveiled in early September from Assemblymember Jennifer Rajkumar, a Queens Democrat and ally of New York City Mayor Eric Adams, is legislation that would prohibit municipalities from refusing to accept asylum seekers in certain situations. And Assemblymember Rajkumar joins us to talk about this proposal, as well as her push for a statewide coordinator of asylum seeker services and the migrant crisis more broadly. Welcome back to the show, Assemblymember. Thank you, Dave. So let's jump right into the crux of your latest bill. And I guess the question is, why shouldn't municipalities have the right to refuse to house asylum seekers being transported there from New York City?
1: New York City is facing one of the greatest humanitarian crises in its history. And doing nothing is not an option right now. This is an unprecedented influx of migrants. It's draining the social safety net of New York City. Services for New Yorkers will be cut. And to put this in perspective, housing and caring for the migrants will cost the city more than $12 billion over three fiscal years. And the federal government has provided only 100 million, which is peanuts. The state, as you know, has budgeted 1 billion uh, over two years to the city for it. So as I said, doing nothing right now was not an option. And the bill you just spoke about uh, was one I just introduced. Overall, I believe it is time for New York State to really take ownership over the migrant crisis. This is not just New York City's problem, the state needs to lead. And that is why I introduced a legislative package that addresses this asylum seeker crisis. So the first bill which you noted, it prohibits counties across New York State from refusing asylum seekers. Counties cannot refuse to shelter asylum seekers. First of all, it's unconstitutional. It violates a whole host of laws, including New York State Social Services law, the New York State Human Rights law, Civil Rights Act and the constitutional right to travel. But in addition to being unconstitutional, at this moment of crisis, it needs to be an all hands on deck moment. All corners of this state must step up and do their part to solve this crisis. Uh, because we are all in this together. As I said, it's not just New York City's problem, it's everyone's problem. Um, And the reason for that is that New York City is a high-powered economic engine for the entire state. The strength of our entire state depends upon New York City continuing to be strong. And New York City simply cannot shelter all these migrants. New Yorkers love immigrants, uh, like my own immigrant family. We love new arrivals. And our love for them is simply without limit, but our resources are not without limit. And that is why we need a a statewide response. And I would also like to emphasize that all counties across the state are in this together. This is not just New York City's problem. I mean, if Buffalo, for example, were in a fiscal crisis, it would be the obligation of New York City to help Buffalo. This is not an us versus them issue. I believe that the welfare of our whole state depends on the strength of all of our individual counties because we really share a collective destiny as a state.
0: Well, you mentioned the constitutionality of efforts by counties to prohibit asylum seekers from being housed there. It's my understanding that these challenges to these executive order are still being decided by the court system. So why isn't it fair to say that the constitutionality of such prohibitions are still up in the air and, and aren't necessarily something that has been concretely decided one way or another?
1: Yeah, you're correct. Uh, there are actually 30 counties in the state that are locked in a legal battle with New York City over this, and the courts are are trying to sort it out. But as a legislature we are also able to take control of this too. We are absolutely able to pass legislation and then the courts can can grapple with that. But as a legislature, we are allowed to make our voices heard here.
0: Is it your understanding that only by housing asylum seekers in all of the counties around New York, as opposed to just the counties that are are willing and embracing the responsibility of housing asylum seekers, do we have enough capacity to house asylum seekers? Do we need to force counties that don't want asylum seekers to actually house them in order to have enough space? Could we just house asylum seekers in the counties that are willing to take on that responsibility?
1: Well, I I believe right now that this is a large, we have to think larger. And what these bills really get at is that the state needs to be proactive. The state needs to lead and coordinate a response. And the state needs to make a plan and say which migrants are going where, how many are being resettled where, and then actively help in that resettlement. That is the larger idea here.
0: Well, yeah, pivoting away then for a second from the legislation we've been talking about, do you feel like Governor Hochul or the state more broadly has sort of abdicated this responsibility and just been content to let New York City Mayor Eric Adams steer the ship and really state policy, so to speak?
1: Well, I think that if the state and if the federal government does nothing, it's going to do great political damage in 2024, up and down the ticket from president to Congress, because no one votes for leaders who sit on the sidelines during a time of crisis. The American people from both political parties want leaders who step up to manage the crisis. Uh, The number of people that have been seeking asylum from the southern border that actually increased under President Trump. Both parties here are responsible for our broken immigration system, uh, and both parties must must fix it. Uh, I think that You are absolutely right to note that there needs to be proactive leadership at every level of government city, state, and federal government. Governor Hochul did meet with the White House recently, and she has called for expedited work authorization for migrants, which I think is absolutely critical. And I actually think that I should let you know something as, as as a surprise at this time um, this is kind of an announcement that no one knows you're the first to hear it Dave but I introduced a new bill just today which authorizes the state commissioner of labor to issue work permits to anyone who has applied for asylum so in the absence of federal action to let asylum seekers work the state will thereby take control and issue work permits on its own to migrants
0: does the state have the legal authority to do that? Because so far the narrative has just been that we need some sort of authorization from the federal government. Because my understanding is that federal law prohibits migrants from securing work permits until 180 days after they file an asylum application.
1: Well, you are correct that according to the constitution, it's the federal government that controls immigration law and policy. But in the absence of federal action, the state has to step up. It will be up to the courts to strike down our state law authorizing um, work permits. But if the migrants can work, it adds to our tax base. It takes the burden off the city to house and care for them. And businesses across this state want to hire these migrants. Farms upstate want to hire the migrants. They have said so themselves. Restaurants here in New York City have publicly said that they want to hire the migrants. Bakeries in Connecticut want to hire migrants. So this is a solution that everyone wants. And my bill is simply taking action on a point where everyone is in broad agreement.
0: So one of the things that makes New York City kind of unique compared to the other 57 counties in the state is that for more than 40 years now, there's been a legal precedent that has reaffirmed the right to shelter that is spelled out in the state constitution, but hasn't necessarily been tested outside of the Big Apple. So when you think of the right to shelter provision in the state constitution, which dates back to the Great Depression, do you feel like it is clear that it applies to the entire state, or is the practical implications of this that the protection is only limited to New York City, because that's been a point of disagreement between advocates and the governor and has implications for housing asylum seekers outside of New York City.
1: That indeed is the question. There was a 1981 legal settlement, and in that 1981 settlement, New York City agreed to provide shelter to all homeless residents seeking it. But that was created in a different time when no one foresaw what is happening now, which is this unprecedented influx of migrants to our city. Um, That agreement was never intended to be a blanket guarantee of housing for an unprecedented flow of asylum seekers. But that is what it has become today. I think that that's a question that needs to be clarified.
0: And what about, though, the implications for the right to shelter outside of New York City? Does those protections extend outside of New York City, even though there's not a legal precedent like there is in New York City?
1: I think that also needs to be examined. I think that there's a good argument for the right to shelter applying statewide, not just to New York City.
0: And rewinding back to the bill that you introduced in May dealing with a statewide coordinator, how do you think— having someone in that position would change the government response that we've seen so far to the influx of migrants, and how might it make a difference moving forward?
1: Well, that bill creates a one-point person at the state level who is the statewide coordinator of Asylum Seeker Services, and what this coordinator would do is lead an organized statewide response to this crisis, which is what we need right now the coordinator would oversee intake, resettlement, support services, healthcare, housing, education and also legal services for all of these new arrivals and the coordinator would also ensure that the migrants are equally distributed throughout the state and what that would do is relieve the pressure on new york city also this coordinator would lobby the federal government to address the new york new york city's migrant influx And so uh, my vision is that the coordinator would be jointly appointed by both the governor of New York and the mayor of New York City. And when we create this single point person, what it will do is help the state lead the response.
0: And after a quick break, we'll continue our discussion with Assemblymember Jennifer Raj Kumar, a Queens Democrat. Support for the
1: Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State Union strong. Visit UnionStrongNY.org for more information.
0: For listeners just joining us, we're continuing our conversation with Assembly Member Jennifer Raj Kumar, a Queens Democrat who's introduced a series of bills designed to respond to the influx of migrants in New York. When we've seen other emergencies or crises in the past, we've had uh, the governor declaring various states of emergency that's allowed them to utilize uh, additional powers to expedite certain processes. Do you believe that's happening uh, to the level that it needs to be happening with this migrant crisis?
1: No, I do not. I think that it's critical that the President Biden declares a federal state of emergency. And in fact, over a month ago, I led a citywide coalition of 54 lawmakers, and we called upon President Biden to take action on the migrant crisis. And one of the items that we asked for action on is that he declares this federal state of emergency, because if he does that, what it would do is it would open up more resources and funding from FEMA for New York State. And that's what we need right now. So I think it's critical that New York State leaders also put pressure on President Biden to declare this federal state of emergency.
0: Well, do you think there needs to be that same level of emergency declared at the state level? Do we need to see the state exerting more sense of urgency in, in terms of its response or do you feel like the state is exhausting all, all of the powers that it has and needs to at this point
1: yeah absolutely I think the state needs to to step up and, and treat this like an emergency and I can tell you that my colleagues all of my colleagues in the legislature are are so committed to their jobs and to what they do and I know that they all know this is a moment of crisis. And that if if New York City sinks, our entire state sinks. And we can't let that happen. So that is why 54 of my colleagues and I came together last month uh, and wrote a letter to President Biden. Well, we really need action at every level of government. And that includes statewide response. That is why I have also called for Governor Hochul to call an emergency uh, special session, so we can deal with the migrant crisis.
0: We mentioned the cost for New York City in terms of responding to this crisis. I believe you said it's estimated to be I think twelve billion dollars over the next couple of years. This year's budget, as you also mentioned, put aside about one point five billion dollars for New York City to utilize in response to this crisis. It's my understanding, though, at this point, the city has only requested about $120 million in reimbursements uh, from this pool of money. So does that mean city officials just aren't asking for state reimbursement or that the crisis in terms of what it means for their fiscal situation isn't as dire as Mayor Adams is making it out to be in the press. I mean, if they've only asked for $121 million in reimbursements, it seems like they have uh, a, a lot of money to go before they need to start lighting their hair on fire or making like cuts like the mayor's talked
1: about. I wish that were true, that the uh, situation wasn't as dire. But uh, I have worked with the city administration, the mayor and his deputy mayors, and I know they have been sincere and forthright about this issue. And they have done an admirable job of housing all of the migrants with our shelter system nearly doubling in size since last year. Uh, They have done an admirable job handling this crisis, uh, but more support will be needed. The estimates that I have seen is that this crisis is costing us, uh, New York City taxpayers, about 380 dollars a night for each migrant
0: but does anything seem to trouble you about the idea that they've only requested 120 million dollars in reimbursements from the 1.5 billion dollars authorized by the state is there anything that would reconcile that in your mind
1: i mean i think that that's a complex question that has to be asked of the budget directors of both the governor and the city that's fair um, but i can tell you that from what i know um the city has really made an admirable effort here i know mayor bloomberg uh wrote an article in the new york times yesterday saying the same thing that mayor adams has done a really great job under very difficult circumstances so i would have a hard time believing that um, there is something I miss here, but I think that is a question for the budget directors of both the governor and the mayor. Well,
0: let me reintroduce you here uh, for listeners just joining us. We're talking about the state response to the influx of migrants in New York, and our guest is Assemblymember Jennifer Raj Kumar, a Queens Democrat. What do you think of the mayor and New York City more broadly with their Seeming commitment to the company DocGo, which has been utilized for a variety of services to the migrants, but has come under fire for its handling of some of these responsibilities. Do you feel like this is a company that should still be doing business with New York City, or is it time to reevaluate their role in this crisis?
1: Look, I think this is a fast-moving crisis. It's moving very rapidly, and I think that we also have to be quick-footed. And so, if if things don't seem to be going right with you know one contractor, I think it should be looked at. It should be thoroughly investigated. Um, and we just have to keep pivoting and keep moving and keep changing as this crisis unfolds. With over three thousand migrants a week arriving here, still every 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 single week.
0: Well, based on what you've seen so far and what's been reported about go, do you think it makes sense to change? who we're doing business with at this point, or does it still require additional study and evaluation?
1: I think it still requires study and evaluation. I think we need to keep all options on the table at this point um, and maybe, you know, divide up this the services between different contractors. I just think we need to look at everything at this point.
0: Well, finally, how do you see this crisis ending, so to speak, what does the resolution to this look like? Because at this point it seems like we are still like a sinking ship with a bucket trying to throw water over the side and not necessarily trying to figure out how to patch uh, the hole and navigate a way forward. I'm not a boat guy, so maybe my analogy is not making sense. But, uh, you know, what does the future look like? Should we just plan on living with a few thousand migrants coming to New York State every week? Should we be trying to stop it? Should we be making some other accommodations? What does the future look like to you that we should be striving for?
1: I think that there's no end to this crisis unless uh, our leaders at every level of government step up. So immigration is federally controlled. Uh, We need President Biden to declare a state of emergency. We need him to issue work permits to the migrants to take the burden off of the city. Um, We need also a response at the border, a federal response at the Southern border that is organized. It can't be that all of the migrants come to New York City. The migrants need to be equally distributed across cities across this country. That will help our country absorb them. Um, There needs to be faster processing at the federal level of these asylum claims also. That will also help. And at the state level, I think we need to take action in the absence of federal leadership. Uh, We need the the state to kind of open up the whole state to migrants. We need to all work together through this crisis. And that's what my bills call for. And I think only with our leaders stepping up that's the only way we will see it end to this crisis. Either otherwise, um, the fiscal strain will just get worse and worse.
0: Well, we've been speaking with Assemblymember Jennifer Rajkumar. She is a Queens Democrat Assemblymember. Thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local, state, and federal government entities at WGPFoundation.org.